Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational, educational, and entertaining podcast for auto detailers. Welcome to the community. Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall Hill, and I'm with Total Auto Solutions. You can find me at Total Auto Solutions on most platforms or Detail Supply app on TikTok. If you ventured over to the TikTok platform, if not, if you're the best way, just shoot me a text, 918-800-1188. I am a, a really special honored guest too today. Very thankful for both of you taking the time out of your day and out of your businesses to come have a chat. Uh, you can find Ian at Autofiber on most platforms. Ian, I believe uh, Ian at autofiber.com for your email. Yep, that's my email. Best way to get in touch with you. Yeah. I like email the best for sure. Um, All right. Uh, Nick is at Vegas.rides on most platforms or Nick at Vegas.rides for the best way to get in touch with him via email. Uh, you know, guys, I, I'm very thankful, like I said, for you guys taking the time. Uh, you know, we, we've put these different episodes together over the past year as, as we started to see a need in the industry to have open discussions and open dialogue uh, Ian, I think a lot of it came early was you and I kind of started interacting on some stuff in 2020 as, you know, many people were putting out false information about whether or not detailers should, A, close their doors, go out and help, go out and do this, you know, go out and do whatever. Uh, there was a lot of different confusion over, you know, what to use. How do we determine if, you know, a virus can be killed? How do we determine if this, you know, there was all kinds of stuff out there. There's no doubt that you took time out of your day uh, to put correct information out and to feed the community the best that you could. So, you know, I, I want to definitely say thank you for that. And, and over 2020, Nick uh, began to spend a lot of time diving into discussion points and really unveiling a lot of, uh, you know, some of it started with sanitization. What is yeah. it? How, do, how does it grow? How does it impact us, right? So that's really some of the early developments of bringing us to periods of time like today, where we get to have an open discussion about some points of views, some theories that were presented, some ideas, uh, and some opinions, no doubt. And uh, we want to all come together, have our opinions, and together move forward through the industry, right? We, yeah. we are in a service-based industry. It is our duty as owners to then serve. I find that to be very, very impactful. As a detailer myself for 19 plus years, that's how I've grown. That's how I've stayed in business. That's how I understand business. Service-based, give, care. Let's dive into it and have a real talk. Nick, when you look over the past week, two weeks, I guess, since we put that Oops. out, uh, you know, what's gone through your mind as you continue to, to go through it? And then Ian, we'll jump over to you and want to ask you the same question, you know, as, as you first saw it. And then how's the past couple of weeks been for you? Yeah, for, for me, the, the last couple of weeks have been eye-opening, you know, in a variety of ways. You know, it's not always... Uh, you know, black and white, you know, I, I think a lot of people in our industry see this thing as black and white. Uh, they don't want to really have open dialogue. That's, that's, of course, not everybody, you know, Ian's here, he's going to have open dialogue, we, we've all talked, and had previous relationship uh, in business. And I think I'm just shocked, you know, I, I didn't realize the divide was so big, you know, we're hearing from detailers pretty upset about, 
you know, mobile tech going away, you know, mobile tech not happening this year. There were a lot of people banking on it. Did I know that that, that amount of people were banking on it? I didn't. Uh, so I think to me, I just was shocked with how much of a dot divide there seems to be between manufacturers and the detailer and not necessarily meaning they don't have a good relationship working together, but the way they see things, the way they see the industry, the way they see what their day-to-day life is like. I think the pandemic has brought some of that to the forefront, you know, where detailers were out in the mix for an entire year in the pandemic manufacturers, you know, could shut their doors. You know, there was a lot of companies that never went into their office for three, four or five months. And you had to wait for your tool to be repaired, or you had to wait for shipments or while you were out there in the mix of it. And so I think some of the divide is that, that you have people that look at mobile tech and say, okay, we're all going to come together, right? We're at the end of this pandemic, we're going to come together. And the manufacturers didn't see it that way. And so the detailers now feel like they're kind of on an island is, is, the, is the feedback we're getting. This isn't just my personal opinion. This is the feedback we're getting. So I guess when, I, when we put out that, that video, Marty, I never thought much of it. And I've told Ian that, and I'll tell you that publicly, like I didn't think much of it. Um, but I certainly appreciate that everybody has their viewpoint. What we need to do is use, use the technology in 2021 better than what we're using it you know, currently. So that's kind of where I said is it, it's, it was a surprising two weeks. Cool. Ian. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I agree with Nick. Um, I think there is a divide kind of between manufacturers and detailers in that sense. Um, like for example, I'm not a detailer, right? Like I'm most of my day is spent in front of my computer or on the phone talking to detailers, you know, texting, messaging with people, um, emails, talking to factories, right? So I'm not out there and 100%, like when the pandemic happened, like we were able to lock our doors. We have a 20,000 square foot warehouse with 10 employees, right? Like uh, the risk is way lower for my business than you know a, det- a mobile detailer out there going from house to house. Um, so, uh, I, I think there's an advantage to it though, for me, because like we kind of mentioned before this phone call, there really is no one type of thing that is a detailer. Like a, there's a huge range of types of detailers out there. You know, Ian, can I, with- yeah. Can we go ahead and go back to that real quick? Can I just add, you know, what, how do you define detailing? That's a great, I'm, thanks for bringing that back up. What, you know, you I think, it? man, it's. It's hard, like, yeah, I think there's a range, right? You know, from the, from the kid with a, you know, a bucket and a sponge, you know, doing $25 washes, you know, to a uh, 10 year in professional who's doing $5,000 coding and corrections, right? There's a huge range of detailers. And so me not being a detailer as a product designer and manufacturer, I actually have a, a better perspective, right? Because I'm not entrenched into one idea of how a detailer is. And I get to talk to all sorts of detailers all across the spectrum. Um, So to me, it's actually an advantage um, because I don't have, I'm not like set into any process, right? So I learn about processes from detailers and how they do things. And then I take it 
to go and try to design better products and tools. But I think from Nick's perspective, what he's talking about is, yeah, I think there kind of can be a divide um, where it comes to just how you um, treat something like a pandemic, right? So like when the pandemic first started, um, like, man, like I knew about the pandemic because I deal with China from the beginning. Like when we were at Mobile Tech last year, I knew that China was about to lock down. Like, and I had discussions with a bunch of other manufacturers. They're asking them what they had heard, what they knew, right? And most people didn't know anything about it. You know, some suppliers that dealt with China understood, but I knew China was locking down, right? And I was taking it very seriously. Um, so like we, at my shop, we were wearing a mask. Like when the CDC was telling people, everyone not to wear a mask, right? That there, there's a risk. Like we were all wearing masks here at our shop, you know, just because we, like we didn't know, right? There was so much uncertainty with it. And I think this is one thing that I've learned about from the pandemic is like uh, lots of times you, like you don't know if a decision you're gonna make is gonna be the right decision or the wrong decision, right? Like lots of times you only learn in retrospect. Like, so now we're, you know, what, 11, 12 months into a pandemic. And I actually think a mask is a lot less <laughs> effective than it was at the beginning, right? Where the whole narrative in the media has flipped and it's, they're all pounding everyone on wearing a mask. And like, you look at all the data and statistics and, you know, masks, they're, they're marginally um, effective. But yeah, I mean, there's just a divide in information and this is not even just detailers and the whole world is turning into division and silos of information and trying to figure out, you know, the right information. And so I think you guys are 100% correct that, you know, dialogue and discussions are the way to go. Um, and I, man, me and Nick have had multiple discussions in person at these trade shows. He's told me something that I disagreed with and, you know, he would tell me his point of view. So this is one reason why I actually really um, respect Nick uh, and what he has to say, because he is kind of like me. He's not afraid of, you know, having a disagreement or a confrontation, and he's not going to take it personal. And so, man, if anyone else had of me, usually I try to stay out 100% out of any type of drama on the internet, Facebook or anything, right? I'm just not, I don't have time. I'm trying to fo focus on what I can do in my business. So when I saw your guys' post on Facebook with the video, you know, I felt like, you know, I felt comfortable challenging what you guys had to say, because I knew and hoped that you guys wouldn't take it personal um, and would take it yeah. as, you know, a, uh, an honest critique. I mean, Ian, yeah. no doubt I take nothing personal except for the comment about saying, I, am I a Marxist? I, I didn't really <laughs> understand that though. Well, I mean, yeah, so, uh, and <laughs> I help me understand not to take uh, questioning yeah. me, so, a, uh, a super uh, Midwestern, <laughs> Southern, very yeah. conservative guy uh, as a Marxist. Yeah, yeah. So I was surprised that you were using the Marxist strategy, two Marxist strategies, actually, cancel culture. And I stand by that, right? I don't think I saw what Nick's, you know, uh, counterpoint to it was that, you know, uh, All right. well, explain what you mean by counterculture and how I did. Oh, yeah. So counter cancel culture. Okay. Cancel culture. Yeah, yeah. Cancel culture is kind of is using like a media 
perspective to try to um, get people to reject a business because of whatever their decisions they're making, right? So okay. I don't know, like, man, they tried to use cancel culture on Chick-fil-A like four or five years ago, right? Because since Chick-fil-A is closed on Sundays and they didn't believe in, you know, gay marriage, right? So there was a big media I remember push. remember that, yeah. Yeah, right? Or like uh, when the the beans guy, what's it, Goya beans? He the CEO said he supported Trump, and there was this big media push to like cancel, get people to stop buying their products, right? And so when you had your post, um, you know, talking about let's watch out for companies that aren't going, and we're going to decide how we spend our money um, because companies that aren't going to mobile tech in Florida, you know. They don't support detailers, um, and that was kind of the essence of your um, of the idea you were pushing out there. And man, I am a, like in favor still, still in yeah, favor. Yeah, so I, yeah. So I, but so man, like I respect everyone's ideas, but one idea and strategy I don't respect is cancel culture. Yeah, I get it. So did I call out like because you listed two exact reasons of Chick Fil A and then Goya yeah. beans. If you go back to my post, did I mention any specific companies? I see. Did I, I, don't think, I don't think say you have don't to, do business with them. I don't think so. You asked the question, and as did I, right? I asked you if you believe in cancel culture and are you a Marxist, right? And so, um, and I'm not even against Marxists, right? Like I've actually I've read um, Das Kapital, and I've like it's an interesting book from Karl Marx, so. Don't get me wrong, anyone that's actually a Marxist out there, I'm not against it. Um, and so you, you can actually, you know, if that's the strategy you want to use, like 100% you can use it. But no, I do not think for it to be cancel culture, I don't think you have to name a specific company. You can be out there and trying to drum up controversy about companies that aren't going to go to some event and, or and I, yeah, I can, so, I can uh, empathize with that like i see what you're saying i see what yeah, you're saying yeah, yeah and so I, i'll say something because you know i was the one in the video who talked yeah. the most it wasn't actually Mar marty you know here, but here's here, a crazy what i was responding to wasn't <laughs> in your video it was the text that marty had written about it so your sure. video wasn't was in the context of all these other posts yeah, and, and, you know, but but here, but here's the yeah, but here's the cool thing. On Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Here's one of the coolest things, though. Yeah. This is where we get to see the divide. Detailers overwhelmingly agree with me. I mean, it's not even close. Maybe it's maybe like the nine, detailers. The detailers that's in the, talk to, right? Okay, so. that's in the detailers that aren't in certain groups who are out there actually, you know everyday people that have independent thought, I would tell you 100% agree with what I said. And what I said was, when you're in a tough time, if you look around the show at other people that supported you in a tough time, I think it's a reasonable thing to look around and see. By the way, Las Vegas, uh, and I said in the video, uh, MTE Las Vegas, we had a bunch of brands not support. A bunch of brands when times were good. Uh, and I specifically said, you supported it uh yeah. as, at auto fiber and i said that in the video and that's actually here's what so yeah but here's yeah, yeah so here's one of the things that i that i'm confused of over the last couple of weeks and i think this needs to be said in our industry 
there's always a middle ground. Okay. And what association, you know, the IDA chose to do and what manufacturers chose to do, it's all everybody's ability to do what they want to do. But I kind of hate the black and white, you either have to go or you don't have to go. Because if you really have been in business a long time, you realize very few choices are that simple. And I think most detailers and most manufacturers would agree with that. It's oh, just I, never that I simple. I 100% agree. Okay. Like, so here, here's kind of a crazy thought. Could the IDA have sent a $2,000 check to Mobile Tech, had a, had a booth there that they didn't have anybody man the booth? Could they have done that, supported Mobile Tech, supported the detailer to the best of their ability, and just said, this is the best we can do, but we want to show support in a tough time? Yeah, so I, the, I think it's a reasonable question to ask. I think, I think it is. I think it's absolutely every question is reasonable, right? So, and here's, um, I think there's a different risk for, like there's a risk going to a trade show during a pandemic. Like I said in my post, there's few other places that you could go where there's a bigger risk than, in, COVID is an indoor disease, right? It's so red, Ian, like we, we definitely understand that. And I, I have to interrupt you because I 100% understand. Yeah. And, and we had, let's just go ahead and say though, we, you, we had, yeah. we had Sheldon on site yeah. at the Marriott, right? This is Marriott. This isn't Motel yeah, 6 down matter. the road, right? This is Marriott. When so and they are inside regularly cleaning more than ever before. Yeah, but cleaning. So what we've learned since the pandemic has happened is that actually it's not really transferred on surfaces. It's transferred in the air. It's an airborne disease that's transferred between people talking and breathing on each other. So, right? so, so all the companies that came out with sanitizer sprays and all that, this is all bullshit. I mean, I'm not going to call out any companies for it, but you know, uh, and at the beginning, I mean, you just said know, though right? that like, so how is it, how can somebody else companies be okay, but Marriott, well, they can't a, be okay. Well, there's like, a reason why sense. trade shows aren't happening. I don't know if you guys know anybody in the trade show industry. I've got a bunch of friends that are, have been out of work for, you know, almost 12 months now, right? Because trade shows. <laughs> no fucking figure. Right. You know, because trade shows aren't happening because trade shows are one of the number one places where you're going to catch COVID. Right. So, but, but let's were too, but apparently it's yeah. not anymore. According to stats, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, because, because it's the most, one of the most dangerous places you can go to spread the disease. And so it's a little but, bit different. So let yeah, me, can so, I, let me just yeah. finish my point here. So, you know, the risk is different from an individual or an individual business owner, you know, going to a trade show like that. Like for me, like I was actually planning to go if mobile tech went, I was going to go without a booth and I was going to go and I was going to meet with everyone. But, um, you know, from a business perspective, you know, somebody who's going to be sending employees to a trade show, like, and I'm different, right? Cause I just, I send myself to the trade show. I send my booth out to the trade show. Um, and I go work the trade show by myself. Yeah. Um, but other companies that are bigger that are sending their employees, like, from a moral perspective, like if I was, if it was normal for me to send my employees to a trade show, I would 100% not feel comfortable asking them or forcing them to go to a trade show oh, during yeah. a and, pandemic. And, 
right? But here's so the thing. Where... We, we, we've stated, and I stated in my response video, I yeah. gave both sides of the point in my original video. Yeah. I understood well, I financial see... and hold on yeah. financial and safety reasons was in the video. Yeah. I know what big companies are going to do. Believe it or not, when you're, when you have a company as big as mine, I know some of the biggest business owners in all of Las Vegas. They're some of the richest people in the world are my customers. Yeah. I understand the concerns everybody has. Here's what I'm saying. There were middle ground. Okay. For, for something like the IDA, there was a middle ground. I'm not saying for everyone else. Yeah. So I don't but, know all the decisions okay. for the IDA, yeah. but it actually, so let me, let me, the, the risk is different, right? For an individual, the risk is higher for a business sending their employees. Yeah. To- it would be, and by the way, it'd be high for me. If I asked my guys to go to the show, it would be, right. I, I have a bunch of liability. There, there's yeah, no doubt might- that the liability is there. Exactly. And now when you think you scale it up another level to a business organization, right? An organization that's. I mean, we all say yes, we agree. Yeah, we we agree. So so we have the individual, the risk is kind of low. Like for me, if I went to the trade show, I wouldn't be super worried. If I caught COVID, I wouldn't be super like worried. Like I'm not freaking out about it, even though I take all kinds of uh, precautions and try to follow the law. Yeah, right this, there with this, you, man. Right yeah. there with you. And, and this was yeah, stated in the video, business, 100%. On top of that, right? So a business now, a business deciding to send their employees to it. And then we have a business organization that's an organization of businesses that has to signal to all these businesses what they're going to be doing, right? So yeah. I think- but the hold idea- on that. But hold on, that organization, that organization isn't just a representative of those businesses. They're a yeah, representative. No, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Too. Do you want to- uh, Yeah, hold on. But- uh, Hold on, I understand. Their all their members to a trade show where they can catch no, no. Where- Yeah, but here's where here's where you're here's where you're at, man. This is the disconnect I spoke about in my opening that I want people to hear. Yeah. Manufacturers have been able to play it safe. I mean, let's be very frank about it. There's no other way to say it. They've been able to sit on their ass and play it safe and make money. Hold on, and make money. You had a bunch of people shut down, Ian. I can give you a list of the top five names in this in this industry, and all of them were able to shut operations. There isn't a single detailer you're talking to that was able to shut down for five months. Here's the divide. When you're in a position as the organization who's supposed to be representing both parties, manufacturers and the detailer, there's no representative of the detailer here. You're, you're specifically representing the manufacturer. And this isn't just me saying this, and I want to make sure people hear this. I had a ton of people reach out to us and explain to me their thoughts. We've now seen detailers going online in this group and, and attacking the IDA for the decision and where they're at, and they don't feel they're represented. And this isn't a Nick thing, okay? This is a people need to understand the divide to fix the divide. If you listen to one party over the other party, you're going to create a divide. This feels like a manufacturing decision. This does not feel like a detailer-centric decision to the detailer. Now, I get what you said. I get the risks. I get the financial stuff. I get everything that everybody has said here. The problem is, is that guys could have gone and learned to detail. Marty, you said this. Go detail a boat from Mike Phillips and maybe help launch their business. You had other small manufacturers that have maybe paid dues to the IDA. They wanted the show to go on. So again, did we listen to everybody here or do we listen to a select few here? I think is a reasonable question people are asking. And again, I don't know the answer to it because I'm not in those meetings. I'm not in the organization. I have no idea. But this is the type of stuff we need to get out in the open 
and I've spoke with people in the IDA and that, 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 that are part of running the IDA, if the transparency doesn't get better, there is no winning for the IDA. And this feels like a very, very non-transparent thing that took place that feels underhanded. These are some of the guy's words feels underhanded to some of the detailers out there that are a part of the organization. And so again, we have to start asking a question. Do we want this organization to be great for the future? I think we all want that. We all want a great association and a great organization as a representative. Where we stand today is a place where people are asking a lot of questions because they feel like, hey, I've been out in the middle of the pandemic, man. I was looking forward to this. I wanted to be a part of this. I wanted to feel like everybody had my back. They don't feel that way. So risk, and again, so the risk is a little bit different. Like if you're a mobile detailer, right? The risk is a lot lower, you know, for you as a mobile detailer going out there and working one-on-one -on -one with a customer outside, you know, and going into their car than the risk of going into a trade show, a giant room with people coming from all over the country, shaking hands, hugging, talking, touching, you know, feeling products, right? Like, it's a very like, man, but you I feel it. You, hold on. But you feel like a very freedom guy for me, right? Like you're uh -huh. really into free. Okay. So what about all of this feels like freedom? If it, I get it. You want to protect this person. You want to, you want to be the guy and the organization that says, you know, better. There's nothing freedom about that. I never said I wanted to be the guy that said I no, 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 but I'm just saying that's, 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 that's the confusion here. If we all want to have some freedom back and we want people to have the freedom to choose and the freedom to be a part of things, this feels to a lot of guys like, Hey man, I wasn't even given a voice. And, and that's a, that's a bad thing to have. And I'm not saying there was a good, good solution here. I'm just telling people how they feel. So, yeah. So I think the IDA and I don't know for sure, because man, I don't look at all the emails that get sent out or anything, man, I get so many emails and all this from what I know, the IDA did send out um, a, a questionnaire, like a survey to ask the membership, um, you know, what they thought if they would go to the pandemic or go to the, uh, the trade show and what their fears were. And it was pretty overwhelming. The response was that people weren't going to go. And the only thing that would make them go is like, if the but you don't know what percentage even, yeah, I mean, you know, it's just like when you hear about political polls, have you answered a political poll? I've never answered one in my life. hundred no, percent. Right. Like it's not a scientific poll, something like that. Like you, exactly. It's the same thing. Like I didn't even see the email question. Okay, good. I was going to say, you know, I, I didn't ever right? see that email. So I don't, you right? know, I don't know. No, hundred percent. Right. So part of it is like getting good information. Right. And here's another part of it. It's like, you know, this decision-making question, right? Like, as a business, and I know you guys have, like, I've 90% of the time I make the wrong decision, right? But part of what a business is, is you make the wrong decision and then you learn from that decision and you try not to make that wrong decision before and you improve and you improve and you improve over time. And it's small iterations that make your business way better. Um, so like, for example, like people ask me, you know, about my business, how my business is going, and it's going great, but I feel like I'm still like at like 20 to 30% potential, right? Because I just haven't learned enough and I haven't gotten good enough at all my decision-making and I still make all kinds of mistakes and screw up. And um, the only thing I can do is be humble and try to get better. Um, and I think, I feel like it's the same way for the IDA. Like, so when I first heard about the IDA, like, 
I thought it was kind of a joke. I thought it was lame. Um, what actually sold me on the IDA was the first time that I went to mobile tech, right? So I had a booth at mobile tech um, and Prentice came up to me and he's like, dude, are you in the IDA? And I said, I was like, nah, you know, you know, whatever. And he was like, you know, you know, just sign up, man. It's like, and I was like, well, how much is it? He was like, it was like 350 bucks. And I was like, are you kidding me? 350 bucks to join? And I was like, all right. So I signed up. Um, the next day I went to their award show. Um, and the excitement from it was like, awesome. Like people were super excited and they were giving out awards and there was a great just feeling for the room. And it flipped me, right? Because, um, you know, I'm an independent person, business owner. Most of my customers and detailers are independent, you know, business owners. And we don't have like a big, like nobody has like a big corporate, like, uh, like kind of get together feeling thing. Right. So, um, the way that the, I feel like the IDA, you know, can help bring together businesses and all these disparate types of businesses and the same thing with mobile tech, man. So mobile tech, like I love the event um, because I get to meet somebody like Nick or Marty and we get to talk face to face and drink beers together and have discussions. Um, and so, man, that, I was sold on the IDA at mobile tech at the event. Um, and so now, you know, here comes the pandemic. I'm a member of the IDA and, you know, for whatever reason, somebody um, couldn't fulfill their board seat and DJ, your partner, you know, nominated me and asked me to do it. And I was like, man, sure. So I've been helping and have been on the board meetings for about six or seven months, um, just learning about the organization and, you know, I want to try to help, you know, I'll spend a couple hours a month, you know, trying to help the IDA um, become a better organization. And don't get me wrong, man, I think the IDA could be, you know, I feel like the IDA is at 10% potential capacity for what it can be for the industry. It's got a long way to go. There's a huge potential upside. And my only goal with the IDA is try to, you know, help as much as I can. And I'm an idea person, right? So I throw out ideas and lots of times my ideas are wrong and get shut down. And then sometimes people like my ideas. Um, and so that's let's, my, my let's goal. Let's transition a, a little bit away from the IDA for a second because, and I think let me clarify, the reason why the IDA is in such a hot seat is because the comment and, that I made and the, the, the comments back were all in that group. The other groups and the other places I put the video, we didn't have the comments. So, you know, that's a big, just to give a little bit more backstory of maybe people that are listening going, okay, so what's the deal? Why do they keep going after that? Like, it's just because the majority of all the comments, well, not majority, all the comments were all from that group. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're, all, we're all involved, all the people that had something negative to say. And I think you would find this coincidental because you, Ian, you stated it, you know, a lot of independent thinkers. Okay. When you deal with business owners, a lot of independent thinkers, Yeah. what, what are the odds in your, you know, in your experience that all these people kind of had the same exact sentiment and they all had one thing in common that they were all involved with the idea. Yeah, I, I don't think it was that many people. Maybe it was a couple of people. And I think maybe you guys got 
like the wrong impression that there's this synchronous like thought but here's the thing but i get no i got it but but ian it it came across to other people because i didn't realize all the people were involved to the ida till i got a dm and a guy goes that i know says hey man all these guys are in the ida this is a weird thing so here's the thing i don't i don't care it's i just want to hear everybody's opinion yeah so for me yeah but hold on but here's the most important thing the most important thing is we have platforms in 2021 that people don't have to hide in groups and, 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 and pile on and do that kind of thing. We invite everybody on here, just like you're sitting here today. Yeah, and this is going to be a positive. This is going to be a huge positive every single time you do it. The question I would put out is that why are there so many people that seemingly don't want to use technology to their benefit and to the industry's benefit and say, okay, Look, man, well, I disagree do. with with this guy over. Hold well, on, Facebook yeah. Is technology too, like your podcast. No, no, it, is only technology. Oh, no, no, hold on, I didn't. No, no, but if you, on Facebook to my post, you guys pretty much ignored it. All Marty did said was, "Let's go on a Zoom meeting," and he didn't respond to any of the the points that I made. Right, so you well, guys, Marty posted the video on Facebook and yep, then yep. just left it there. Didn't respond to any counterpoints. I would have been open to any counterpoints. Right, but you guys wanted to bring it into your own sandbox, which is completely fine with me. I've got no problem coming on here because, like you said, it's good. And I, man, I like you guys and I respect you guys and all. Well, that like, and that's what I, I mean. So, so to me, Facebook is 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 a less efficient way to have these discussions because what happens is, and I watch it happen on Facebook in a multitude of ways, which is why I have disengaged from the platform altogether. Is that things is that is that things become narrative driven, and then you just get in this one lane and it's boom 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 in this lane, and then nothing comes out of it. But you should know from your discussions with me that that's not how I'm going to operate. Like I'm no, no, but I I, that's what I mean. I know you're different because you'll come and do stuff like this. I'm more speaking to if you look at what happened, a lot of people have no problem saying whatever they want to say, but then don't want to say, okay, let's, let's have something productive come out. That Facebook group is closed to most people. Most people aren't going to see that, but we're going to have this out on 15 platforms. That's, it's not our sandbox. It's that we can put this on more platforms. That's the real, that's the thing people should hear. The distribution of something like this is far greater than Instagram and Facebook. I mean, it's going to go to 15 different downloadable platforms. And so that's what I want guys to hear. If you love Facebook, great, go to Facebook. But the people that want to talk about moving this industry forward need to hear this. When you're in a closed group and it seems that everybody that's commenting agrees with one another, I don't think that's a positive. And that's just a personal opinion that people people can take it the way they like. People who disagree didn't comment, right? You guys didn't comment. You guys just made a post, you know, kind of a passive aggressive post. I responded to it very cordially, right? And you guys didn't respond, which is 100%. 100%. So let me, let's, let's not go you guys, let's go me. I yeah. didn't respond, right? Well, I didn't me. know that I didn't know that Nick wasn't on Facebook at the time, right? I like. But Nick. I also didn't put the question out there that way. So, I mean, it, I mean, yeah, you know, that's what I'm saying, day, me, yeah. that was me. Okay. That was me. You know, uh, so, so here's I, the thing too, like when it comes to, I don't think there is, like a synchronized voice when it comes to the IDA or whatever, like, and yeah, like 
you had mentioned something about me going and chasing down a post or whatever, like on somebody else's page, like personal page. And that's just not what happened. That post just come, came up on my Facebook feed right at the beginning. And I made like a pretty reasonable, you know, counterpoint to it. Right. And it wasn't me like, you know, yeah. You know, I, I understand. Somebody, and, and look, you're like, 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 here's what I want everybody to get. You guys from. are going to get upset Ian, by me. No, no, no. Challenging first of all, it, right? Hold like, on. First of all, upset's not the right word. Upset's not the right word. That's not the right word. Okay. I, I've calmly, I, I calmly sat back when I was getting screenshots of what was taking place in that Facebook page. Yeah. I could have very easily made a Facebook and come in there and thrown a grenade. I didn't do that. Yeah. I came on and I very calmly stated the way that I see things. And again, this is what's going to be important for our industry. And this is just my two cents and, and a question I want to put out there. If you don't like the question somebody's asking or you don't like their content, it's okay. Ian, you and I are going to disagree. We've had disagreements before. What it feels like is, is not everybody in our industry is on the up and up the way that you and I are talking about it now. And that's what detailers are feeling. Whether yeah. it's right or wrong, detailers don't feel like they have a voice and that they can actually disagree with certain people, certain parts of this industry. And again, this is the positive that's going to come out of something like this today is Ian and I are going to have a beer together and Ian and I are going to talk products and we're going to talk other stuff and we're going to talk family. We're going to talk about how things go. We don't get that feeling in our industry. And that's the sad part, Ian, is that you know that there's division in this industry. And again, if... I take anything from these two weeks. It's this. Yeah, so Guys, me... we got to use technology to come together and have these types of discussions where more and more people can see them and more and more people think they're being heard. Yeah, so I 100% agree. The only thing that I would counter with you is that this is not a detailing industry thing. Like every industry and the whole world has this problem, right? There's certain people who are willing to speak up and say stuff. There's other people who aren't willing, you know, and feel kind of marginalized. And the whole world is like this. You see this, you turn on the news and you see this like every moment of every newscast, right? So, um, and actually, man, honestly, and you know, with my business selling micro, you know, our business is selling microfiber products. We sell mops, you know, janitorial mops and household mops. We sell golf products, sporting towels, right? Um, and honestly, like detailers are some of the best people out there. They're some of the most honest and um, forthright people. Uh, and I think the industry is great. Now there's always gonna be some bad apples and some bad people or people you disagree with. Um, but I, Honestly, I don't think there's a problem with the industry and I think it's a great industry. Um, and if I had, man, there's like on the internet, Facebook and all this stuff, there's just people pumping out this industry, 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 like it's this one thing, but it just isn't. It's a huge, there's a huge diversity of thinking and types of people. And it's actually what makes detailing great. Like there's so many different types of people to talk to and learn from. And uh, so yeah, I, I definitely agree with, agree with cool. you. I definitely agree with you that, you know, having conversations like this is essential, right? And I think you guys are providing a really good service um, and it's great. And 
Wonderful, I just want man. to say, man, like the detail industry, detailing industry is not that bad. <laughs> like, oh, I agree. No, no, I, I, I agree. Uh, I, and I don't want people to get that feeling either. I, I think though, man, I'm not doing people justice if I continue to get DMs and I don't, you know, we've dodged a lot of issues in the last year because you don't want to step on everyone's toes. But at some point, man, when you, when you have something like this happen, and I want people to know where I'm coming from. And, and, and again, I, I think I would say Marty's coming from, there are people that, that do feel marginalized. And you're right, this isn't just a detailing thing. I understand that. Uh, we all understand big picture here. I mean, there, there's not a single person that's sitting on this podcast today that doesn't understand the big picture, that the world is kind of a divided place and things aren't going to be perfect. And, you know, we got to deal with that. Uh, you know, but again, this was, this was a, a, a somebody, everybody's nerve kind of got hit in different ways on this one issue. And yeah. I think we got to take these things as turn them into a positive yeah. and that positive comes from conversation. And, uh, I hope more people, um, invite each other on podcasts, invite each other on their platform. Again, if anybody wants to invite on a platform, Marty, I know that we've been invited on a couple platforms. We're going to do whatever we can to share the wealth. We're not just trying to bring people on here. We just want people to talk to one another uh, because there are a lot of details that feel left out in the cold. And, and that's where I'm coming from. It, this, this really is nothing else. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Ian, I know you've got, uh, you've got some family duties to attend to. So we want to make sure we go ahead and close it down in a, in a right time to get you out. Um, uh, 100% man. Thank you so much for the time that uh, you've been able to take uh, for coming on. I have zero issues with the questions, man. Zero issues of questioning why I would state something. So I, I'm yeah. glad that you asked it. Uh, Nick, thank you for also taking the time to, to come on. Um, and what you've done on a regular basis, it, it means a lot for the overall community, uh, you know, that I've built. I, I want to close with this, Ian, um, out, of, out of gratitude um, and out of thank you for the opportunity. Because I did ask it for a reason. No doubt. I will push that question out to the industry because it comes from my heart. I've learned that as somebody who is a detailer trying to build a life, learning business, learning people, learning how commerce works, learning how relationships work, learning how to wake up every day and, and go fulfill a dream that you had 19 plus years ago, right? In a service-based business is what I jumped off into. I jumped from a, a, a job as a young 20 year old something kid just out on the whim that I had seen some people cleaning cars. It's what my buddy told me. And so I went and got a power washer and I just start cleaning cars, quit my job. And there I am trying to not only survive, but figure out how I'm going to make it. And how I made it was serving. The best way to run a detailing business is to do what the industry is. It's service. So how did that come out in my comments, right? What's the, what's, what's the connecting point? The connecting point is the beers that everybody drank at pint nights. As I began to put my name out of who I am, why did I build a podcast around beer, around detailing? Why did we take on the name community? Because to me, that's how I felt I could serve the industry best.
That's how I could go into the industry and not say, hey, I'm going to create a podcast with my name on it, my brand on it, and you're going to listen to what I have to say. I created it so that anybody that was in any part of a brand, and I've shared the story, the very first person that sat down I had a beer with was Rennie Doyle. And I'm so thankful that he walked in that door. I'm so glad that he did. That meant a lot. Right? That's, that's exactly why we started it that way. Was so that we could get to know each other. We're a service-based industry. The best way to service our customers is for like-minded people to get together and figure out how to do that the best way. Doesn't necessarily mean a particular product. That doesn't necessarily mean a particular style. We all know products work different from one environment to the other and somebody's hand move it affects what type of pad combination with a polish you're gonna use, right? So, so why did I do it? Why did we build community so that we could come together and ask these type of questions? Did it grow such a point inside of me that I felt the need to throw it out? Yes, Ian, it did. And, and I understand, right? I understand that it fell on some people in a hard way. But I pose the question still, brothers. Will 2021 show which brands care about detailers? Absolutely. Just like 2020 did, just like 2035, just like 20, whatever, you pick a date. I got in in, 20, in 2002, that's when I got into the detailing industry. And the brands that supported me and cared about me, you know what they did? They took time for me. They took risk that might not have been the same risk that you and I had to choose today, but they still took risk. Many times the owners got out of the play box and came down to the field and got their hands dirty to help me. So that's what I was willing to do. So I understand that it falls on some tough ears, but as an owner, of a chemical company, as the owner of a detailing company, I get to have both hands. I still detail and you can find stories on a regular basis that I still am producing revenue from detailing cars. That is a business. 19 plus years in the business. We also then have products. So I get to come at it on both sides. Nick is as a mobile detailer, you're as a chemical company. I get to be in the middle and ask that question because I can see it on both sides. And I don't know what other people will do. All I can do is know that in 2021, we will dramatically see who cares. And at the very first moment to show that they cared on the back of the most prosperous, absolutely most insanely prosperous year the industry has ever seen because throughout it we all wondered what would happen but it just kept on growing and growing and growing and detailer after detailer and chemical brand after coating brand it didn't matter who in the industry you did really really well and those big brands boy that fat paycheck was nice the first gut check I took the gut check. Trust me, I looked. I looked at my account. I looked at what it was going to cost me. I took the gut check, and I was willing to put my name out there as somebody that cares. So I don't know what decisions they made. All I can do is somebody that's been a detailer 19-plus years and somebody that cares is ask the questions so that we can have some real talk. 
Ian, thank you again so much for coming on, man. It means a lot. Thank <laughs> you.